0: Hey, this is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundant Success Series, our primetime mastermind that promotes empowered, focused, decisive action, and inspired outcome. Our spotlight is on health and wellness, and my guest is Dr. Joseph Maroon. He is vice chairman and professor of the Department of Neurological Surgery at Pittsburgh Medical Center. He is also a neurosurgeon to the NFL, worldwide sports superstars, world-class leaders, and celebrities. You've seen his work featured on CBN, ESPN, and HBO, just to name a few. He is also the longtime neurosurgeon of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he's a doctor who walks his talk. He is an Ironman athlete. His latest book is called The Longevity Factor. To find out more about Dr. Maroon, go to his website, josephmaroon.com. Dr. Maroon, welcome to the show.
1: Well thank you so much Sabrina.
0: Thanks so much for being here. I wanted to know a little bit about your background. Where you're from and uh, how'd you start?
1: Yeah well I'm uh, a nurse surgeon at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center and I've been here for an ulcer quite a few years ago from taking uh, ibuprofen for overuse injuries from training too much. Oh my heavens. And um, I, I discovered that omega-3 fatty acids, or fish oil, were actually as good in an anti-inflammatory as many of the non-steroidals. And uh, so I started taking that myself. It worked. And uh, as a nurse surgeon, I see many patients with degenerative disc disease, herniated discs, spinal problems. All of them were on one of the prescription drug anti-inflammatories by the time I saw them. And I took 250 patients who came into my office uh, on drugs, put them on fish oil, and uh, in about six to eight weeks, two-thirds of them were able to get off of the drugs. Wow! So I became a pretty large proponent of more natural holistic approaches to pain, to degenerative diseases, and uh, subsequently uh, evolved into many other areas in that field. So that's my story.
0: Wonderful. The longevity factor I'm very interested in, and right now people are talking about living longer and better. I wanted to know, though, uh, in terms of aging, I think that there's a a stigma there that people are afraid to get older, uh, even though the age span in the last 100 years has increased about 30 years from, I believe, 45 to now 79. Mm -hmm. Why is there such a fear
1: you know, I, let me put it in, an, in another context, if I may. I, my goal is to die young. Amen. As late as possible.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and, and I think that's the whole thing. When I say die young, as late as possible, the fear, I think, is not so much of dying. The fear is the way so many people uh, go over the flaming ramparts in terms of death. And that is becoming cognitively impaired,
0: mm-hmm. demented,
1: uh, with Alzheimer's disease, which one of every two people over 80 will develop, uh, of losing our vision, of losing our faculties, of losing our bodily function. And we all have people in our families who we've witnessed um, exit, in a, uh, in a difficult situation. And I think that's a legitimate concern, a legitimate fear. And I think my father died at age 60 of a heart attack. Wow. And uh, I thought genetically I'm programmed just like him. Mm-hmm. And if I make it to 60, you know, that's great. Anything over that's a bonus year. I subsequently learned, however, that really about of what happens to us is programmed into our genes. 75%, 70% is due to our life choices. And these life choices have evolved into a new science called epigenetics. Mm -hmm. In other words, we all know that genes are on our chromosomes and Mm -hmm. they control the manufacturing of our 100,000 proteins. However, what most people don't realize is that the genes simply sit on our chromosomes in every cell of our body and do nothing until they're acted upon. Mm-hmm. So what acts upon the genes and tells them whether to do, make good, good compounds or bad compounds, inflammatory or anti-inflammatory molecules, are the epigenetic factors such as diet, exercise, environmental toxins, and how we handle stress. So these four factors are really above the genes. They're epigenetic. Mm-hmm. And if we eat a uh, uh, a triple Whopper with cheese and fries and a big gulp of high fructose corn syrup, we're going to activate inflammatory agents in our body that lead to cancer, heart disease, stroke, arthritis. If we eat a Mediterranean diet with lean protein and vegetables, fruits, nuts, whole wheat, uh, it activates our genes to make anti-inflammatory molecules. The important thing is that exercise, stress, control are all generally within our power of choice. So when I said 25% are genetically determined of the diseases we get, Sometimes there are things that we simply can't prevent or do much about, but 75% of the time it's in our control. And that's what people don't realize, I think, generally speaking, and what I've, what I've come to learn after many years in medicine, uh, that there are better ways to do things than with pharmaceutical drugs at times.
0: In terms of, um, aging and uh, whatnot and things that I've studied, Um, I remember something called the vitamin Bible? Mm -hmm. They were heavy on this free radical, free radical and genes and RNA and DNA. Are those theories true?
1: Well, uh, really, we have to understand that in the metabolism of our bodies, Every cell, we have a, you know, 60 trillion cells in our body. Every one of them are dependent on making ATP uh, from oxygen and glucose and functioning normally for, through the other vitamins and minerals that we ingest. Mm-hmm. And in the process of making ATP and subsequently energy, uh, there are waste products, carbon dioxide, and also the generation of free radicals which are electrons that are uh, toxic to proteins, to membranes, to uh, cellular pro- structures. Mm-hmm. And these are oxidative factors that need to be controlled with antioxidant factors, things that reduce the effect, the, the negative, the deleterious toxic effect of what we're generating in our, in our exhaust system, if you would, on a daily basis. So uh, when you talk about vitamins and minerals and this sort of thing, you know, optimally our diet and a diet of, of what I just mentioned earlier, fruits, vegetables, lean protein, uh, fiber, is the optimal way to go. But approximately 70% of people in the United States really don't get an optimal amount of those substances. So in that case, uh, supplementation becomes a very reasonable type of uh, consideration, mm-hmm. and, and that's how, uh, you know, that's my thoughts on it.
0: Now, the longevity factor, how and would wine activate the genes for a longer, healthier life, there have been Harvard studies on this. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. I, uh, I you know, I wrote the book a few years ago after I heard Dr. David Sinclair, who's head of the anti-aging lab at Harvard, give a talk to a neurosurgical meeting on uh, prolonging the life of round worms and yeast. And I'm thinking, you know, this is far out. What does that have to do with people? But basically what he and another scientist at MIT at the time by the name of Lenny Gerenti discovered the mechanism by which calorie restriction or fasting Actually leads to healthier and longer life. Healthier in the sense that animals that are fasted to 30 to 40% of their normal calories that have a balanced diet actually live 30 to 40% longer, have less cardiovascular disease, less brain disease, uh, their skin, their coat is all uh, much better preserved. And actually, they live much, healthy, much healthier. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Sinclair and, and Dr. garenti asked the question, why is this? By, what, what, why does calorie restriction work? And they discovered that when the body is stressed by calorie restriction, it activates a particular set of genes. It turns on a set of genes that lead to very uh, beneficial activity in terms of our protein, fat, and carbohydrate metabolism, which is very healthy. So the most important thing we can do to enhancing our health is to restrict calories. Uh, that's hard to do. And what Dr. Sinclair found was that resveratrol, after studying 20,000 different plant compounds, he found that resveratrol, which is the... Um, uh, one of the active ingredients from red, from red grapes, uh, actually activates this gene without calorie restriction. In other words, there are healthy benefits derived by ingesting this plant protective agent. When plants are under stress, they make resveratrol. And what he, dis- what he discovered is that when humans ingest this particular molecule of resveratrol, it has very beneficial actions on our own genome, on our own health system, if you would. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's basically what I what I elaborate upon in the book and uh, also describe the various beneficial effects that resveratrol has been shown, uh, particularly in animals and now many more human studies coming online.
0: There are many uh, types of resveratrol coming into the market now, and many people are going to be wondering, what do you look for, not only an official, but a resveratrol? What dosage? What 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 do we do? Where do we start?
1: Well, you know, resveratrol is a molecule that's been tested uh, in very large doses, up to 5 grams or Mm -hmm. 5,000 milligrams a day, with minimal, if any, side effects or toxic effects. Most people, I think, uh, will ingest any place from 100 to 500, and then if you're going to do that, you you want a product that is clearly reliable, uh, tested, encapsulated, and bottled in the right way, and, and there's a, a product called Resverage by the ResVital company that uh, I think is one of the very top sellers in the country. Uh, and in terms of its purity, uh, organic nature of it, and, uh, the, the beneficial aspects. So you want to look for a product like that, that, uh, uh, from a reliable manufacturer. And I know that's available in GNC and other health food stores.
0: Wonderful. I know that there's a lot of study now also and I wanted you to touch on this if you could. Um cocoa. We never thought that cocoa was actually a health food or healthy for us at all. How does that play into um, longevity?
1: Well, I you know, I make a lot of friends by telling people that uh <laughs> red wine and dark chocolate are really good things <laughs> that you can ingest and, and actually can help you. And uh, it's important to understand the concept of polyphenols. Polyphenols are the substances that give the, uh, the, the red or purple to wine, the red to cherries and strawberries and other kinds of berries, and the dark to chocolate. It's the, the flavonoids, as they're called, the colorful agents that actually are manufactured by plants to enhance the survival of plants themselves. And it's these polyphenols from various substances, including the cocoa plant, the cacao plant, that actually have very significant gene-activating health benefits uh in our bodies that have evolved over hundreds of thousands of years uh i mean when you look at the western diet now you and you think of what our our ancestors lived on the kind of the paleolithic diet mm-hmm. fruits fruits vegetables nuts berries these are the agents that our genes have become Accustomed to using over centuries and thousands of years, millennia. Uh, only recently have we contaminated our bodies with so much of the, <laughs> the terrible stuff uh, mm-hmm. that we get in our in our diet. And so, back to cocoa. It's it's been shown recently in, in a couple of studies that it actually can lower the blood pressure uh, a modest amount. Uh but it's the dark chocolate, it's the polyphenols in the chocolate that's not Dutched, that's not uh oxidized, that uh is uh is best for one. And uh again the there's a product called Cocoa Well that uh the Res Vital people have uh discovered in the Kuna Indians in islands off the coast of Panama a scientist from Harvard University, uh, heard that this group of Indians endemic in that area had very low incidence of heart disease, blood pressure, elevation, and generally uh, cardiovascular problems. And he did an epidemiological study and went there and discovered that the main factor that differentiated these individuals from people living on the coast was the very high ingestion of cocoa mm-hmm. from the cacao plant, which they cultivated and drank up to four or five cups a day. And they found this to be extremely beneficial, and uh, it now is available, as I said, in a capsule so that you can you can get your polyphenols, the therapeutic poly- polyphenols, in a capsule form in cocoa well. Uh, it's kind of similar to green tea. Uh, it's known that green tea is a very potent polyphenol. It has a, a compound called epigallocatechin gallate, which is a potent anti-inflammatory and uh, is uh, is one of the reasons we believe that people in the Far East who smoke an excessive amount uh, but drink six to eight cups of green tea a day have a lower incidence of various types of cancers. It's, it's protective in that regard. So that's uh, a long answer to your short question.
0: <laughs> I have one last question. And I know that this molecule is in the heart as well as they claim the brain, CoQ10 and ubiquinol. I, I believe they're the same thing. If not, can you explain what that is? Yeah,
1: coenzyme Q10 is a critical element that is used in every cell of our body to uh produce ATP, the energy that I mentioned to you. Mm-hmm. And it's an extremely important molecule because what what is the most common drug prescribed in the world to lower cholesterol? Statins,
0: the statins. Yeah. The statins. statins yeah. You know,
1: 20 billion dollar a year business to lower to lower your cholesterol. Well, what isn't well appreciated even yet is that statins also block... It blocks the formation of cholesterol, but it also blocks the formation of CoQ10 in the body. Wow. And if you don't get enough CoQ10, your cells don't work. And there are a lot of complications that are underreported, in my opinion, relative to statin use, that uh, are due to lack of supplementation with CoQ10. People simply don't realize that they're depleting themselves of this vital element that's essential for the creation and production of energy in every cell of our body. So it's something that, you, you again, you get in a capsule, uh, and uh, 200 to 300 milligrams a day, particularly if you're on a statin drug. It should be mandatory for those taking statins, but it's rare. It's quite frankly, in my practice, uh, and I see people every day, uh, for neck problems, back problems, brain problems, and they're rarely on CoQ10 with it. It's just wow. unfortunate. So it's a very appropriate question that people should ask their doctors about.
0: Awesome, this has been great. I was wondering, can you indulge one more question about the chronological and physical age? When people get a p- particular age, they'll say, oh, I'm 60, I can't exercise, or I'm, you know, such and such an age, I can't do this and that. Yet you've got people who are, you know, 70, 80, 90, doing all kinds of things. They, they blame it on their chronological age. So the chronological and the physical can well, be
1: different. There's a good friend of mine who's about 80 years old now and still doing triathlon. Said, you know, mm-hmm. most people say exactly you said I stop exercising because I'm old and the corollary is that you get old because you stop exercising Wow and and that's so powerful because mm-hmm. uh, when one of the things that particularly as a brain surgeon I'm concerned about is the function of the brain and I was taught in medical school and all of the doctors were that you were given so many billions of neurons the, the, the transistors of your brain, if you would. And uh, each year you lose so many until you get to be 70, 80, 90 and your brain just dries up. Well, that's not so. We now know that there's a, a concept called neuronogenesis, the formation of new neurons, which are the transistors in our brain that make us think and work and feel. Mm-hmm. And the most potent agent that enhances the formation of new neurons at any age is a compound called BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Mm -hmm. And the most effective way to increase BDNF, and hence new neurons in your brain, is physical exercise. So there's no age that is too old to walk 30 minutes a day, lift weights resistance exercises bands, and, and you know it's a favorite talk about i see again a lot of patients overweight diabetic hypertensive particularly with diabetes the most common cause of blindness amputations and kidney failure is diabetes mm-hmm. and yet if patients would walk 30 minutes a day five days a week just walk it's estimated the incidence of diabetes would be reduced by 40%. Think, that, think what that would do to Obama's health care budget. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just profound in what exercise can and will do for those who make the, the step to say, hey, I'm just going to do it. You know, like the Nike ad, <laughs> just do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for this great information. Thank you, Sabrina. It's a pleasure.